The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey everyone, welcome to Round Ball Stew. I am Matt Straup. This is your Friday, December 31st episode, and that means it is your serviceable and intriguing waiver wire pickups. A very eventful week on the waiver wire, actually. There are some weeks out here that we don't have a lot of intriguing names. I would say this league, this week, is loaded with intrigue due to some injuries, due to more players going on to the COVID list, and just some guys who are picking up at the right time. And to break all of this down, I am joined by Jonas Nader, who writes the waiver wired column on NBC Sports Edge, and Steve Alexander. Guys, if you're just listening to the podcast version of this, you cannot see that I have uh, changed the jersey backdrop here. I'm officially going retro. We're retro jerseys for now because I can't take looking at these Hawks jerseys anymore. It's too upsetting. After watching guys named Chandy Brown and Malcolm Hill and Cat Barber play for the Hawks the other night, I've replaced my Hawks jerseys with a Mark Price. Cavs jersey, a Danielle Marshall Timberwolves jersey, and a Reggie Miller Pacers jersey until further notice. I was hoping they'd sign someone fun like Tony Roten or something just to give us some entertainment, but the guys we've been yeah. having to look at has not been fun. I'll say that. Uh, Jonas, Lance Stevenson, born ready. Sure. That is yeah. not fun. Like, is there <laughs> yeah, anything true. more fun than, than born ready? They brought him in to show Cam Reddish what not to do. And then Cam Reddish proceeded. Cam Reddish proceeded to do that about yeah. three or four times on Wednesday night. Some some real real bad turnovers. <laughs> Matt was threatening to hang trash bags behind his head for this podcast today last night. I was like, "Oh, dude, trash bag Halo is going to be the name of my band." Yes, and um, I'm kind of disappointed to not see trash bags back there. But a Donnie Marshall and a Mark Price jersey. Now you've got a Mark Price Halo. Uh, I can live with that. Yeah, and I mean, look, it's gotten to the point where I was watching the Hawks on Wednesday, and I was like, the, the Hawks have got to get Malcolm Hill some more shots. <laughs> I literally did not know who Malcolm Hill was until a handful of days ago. 26-year-old rookie, apparently. Uh, but, man, was, he was like the Hawks' second second best scoring option on Wednesday night. So Feed Malcolm Hill. Weird dude. times. We're, but we're at, we're at a stage here, guys, where some teams like the Hawks are still stuck in this awful per- roster purgatory other teams are starting to get their guys back. So we're going to kind of try to navigate this. And and the time that a guy is in protocols has been shortened. So that kind of changes the math here. And I think that's going to segue to the New York Knicks, where Julius Randle, Jonas, has hit the protocols right before we recorded this on Thursday. And by the way, we pre-taped this on Thursday because of the holiday. Jonas, what are your thoughts on the fallout from Randle going to the protocols? Well, it's very interesting timing because if you go on Nick's Twitter, which is a very dark place, you're seeing calls for <laughs> Topin to replace Julius Randle. Like the, the New York Nick fans love this guy. Uh, he's a lot of fun. I'll give them credit. And Randle's having just a truly disastrous season. He had that hot start and has been terrible since. Can't seem to hit a shot. But I like Topin. He's going to get a week here to show what he can do. And I wanted to pull up his box score last night. Had nine points, four rebounds, one assist. But what stood out the most was the plus minus. 
he was a plus 36 in 22 minutes. Like wow. if that doesn't send Tibbs a message, like what will Julius Randall? Meanwhile, was a minus 27. Like <laughs> this is against Detroit, mind you, a minus 27 versus a team with two NBA players, the rest G league. That's embarrassing. Well, Wally Zerbiak, after that game, he was on the Knicks post game and he was just destroying Julius Randall. He's like, Do you guys have you seen him set a pick out there? He like walks up to the guy and just stands there and he's like, Watch Todd Gibson set a pick. That's how you set a pick, not the way Julius Randall is doing it. And then also after that game, there was there was talk from Thibs that Julius Randall had an undisclosed injury. He looks like he's hurt, and I'm a little worried about his knee anyway. And I think by him going into the protocols, it might have been a blessing in disguise because I, I feel like he needs to to get his knee his knee right because he just doesn't look right out there. And I'm done. I'm not touching him anymore this year in DFS because he burned me last night. By the way, Steve, when you said Wally Zerbiak on the Knicks post game show for a second, I thought you were going to say Wally Zerbiak, who had 17 points in that game uh, for <laughs> the Knicks, because that's how weird it's been with some names just appearing on rosters. Okay, so. We're targeting uh, Toppin as a potential waiver ad. Another piece of news I wanted to hit, which has some waiver fallout and leads to one of the guys on your waiver wire list, is that Ricky Rubio. It's looking like he's done for the season due to an ACL tear, which is just brutal because he was having a really solid season for the Cavs. Jonas, is the answer here Isaac Okoro somehow, who's not really a point guard? Yeah, if you remember too, Isaac Okoro, before he went to the protocols, I think it was like four or five games, he was at like hitting like 20 points a game. His steals were through the roof, and he was starting to hit his three suddenly, too. So I think Okoro steps in as the big-time ad. Now, I will say that Karis LeVert has been linked to the Cavaliers for the past month. Uh, Cavaliers reporter Chris Fedor has uh, linked LeVert there. He says they're big fans of him. They were going to look at LeVert as their Sexton replacement, and now they're missing Rubio. Like You would think the Cavs are going to go all in on LeVert here because they're the surprise team in the NBA. They don't want to throw away their really nice record. Like They don't want to throw it away right now, right? We're... 40% to the season right now, it would make no sense to throw in the yeah. towel. So I think they're going to go in on Levert, but I still think Okoro can get 30 minutes when that happens. And when you're looking at Okoro's stat set, you're looking at the steals, you're looking at the threes, if that holds. But one more player to watch this week, um, I'm not picking up Panjos. I don't know about you guys. I think Denzel Valentin might be interesting for a week because they have no one else. And he can handle the ball a little bit. He has a nice stat set. I think Denzel Valentin in deeper leagues is kind of interesting this week. Yeah, Ralph and I were talking about Valentine and Thursday's pod and Kevin Pancakes, as I like to call him. I mean, that guy could blow up. I mean, he's literally the only point guard left in Cleveland. But I'm with you guys. Okoro is the the obvious add. And then I think Valentine is – a. there's nothing wrong with adding Valentine. And he's going to be – he was added in a lot of leagues, I think, yesterday because the Cavaliers played Thursday, Friday, and Sunday. So he's, he's going to be on a lot of rosters – and hopefully people were able to get him before this airs on Friday. Well, and I mean, like you said, we're recording this on Thursday before Thursday's game. So at this point, when you're listening, it's definitely worth checking that Thursday box score for a little more guidance. What did Kevin Pangos do? You know, what did uh, Isaac Okoro do? Because that should provide a little more clarity than we have at this exact moment early Thursday afternoon. You accidentally called him Pangos instead of Pancakes. Oh, my bad. My bad, Steve. Yeah. I'll go back and, and, uh, Edit in pancake pancakes. Kevin pancakes. There, I'll edit that back in. I think a coral's my favorite for sure, though. A coral's gonna probably play like forty minutes in the next two games easily. Yes. Malik Monk has been among the league leaders in burning us on the waiver wire the last few years. 
I am starting to get this weird feeling, and I want you guys to try to talk me out of it, that Malik Monk is on the verge, Steve's shaking his head, that Malik Monk is on the verge of being trustworthy, Jonas? Is that possible? Is it possible that this is happening? Uh, somewhat, but what, we, what we're seeing is a little bit misleading. He's at .7 steals and one blocks over his last three games, and traditionally, he's never been a steals or blocks guy. He's usually just empty there, but... He is getting a ton of run. They've been playing LeBron at center because they don't trust Dwight Howard and DeAndre Jordan because I don't blame them. They're completely washed. They're garbage. They can't jump over a credit card. But I think Malik Monk's here to stay for at least the next two to three weeks. And last three games, he's at 20 points, 2.7 threes. Those mm-hmm. two numbers are sustainable to me. Two assists, yeah, that's meh. But three rebounds, like he's getting the job done as a points and three streamer. I kind of look at him as kind of like a, a Terrence Ross when he's hot kind of stat set too, so... Ride Muck while he's hot. He can fall up at any time, but they have no one else right now, right? They're playing Stanley Johnson, for God's sake. They need they need Malik Monk. I like the fact that LeBron has been talking Monk up. He's like, I don't have the quote in front of me uh, because I, I, you're not going to believe this. I'm ill-prepared. But LeBron has been hyping Malik Monk. Malik Monk has been playing a ton of minutes. Malik Monk had that monster dunk that night. He had that 25-point game. He didn't do a lot on, on Wednesday night, but the game before that man he was all world and i think he's becoming like lebron's right hand man and man i was shaking my head when you were starting to to get into this because i thought you were going to say is he getting ready to let us down again because i i kind of feel like i'm with you man i feel like now is the time to jump on the malik bunk bandwagon although the lakers this is this is the sad part of this it's good news for lebron it's good news for lebron and his knees it's bad news for Monk. They go three games this coming week and then two games after that. Meanwhile, mm. Memphis has a five-game week next week. So Memphis is going to play as many games in one week as the Lakers will play in two. Tough. But by the way, just big picture, you know, it feels like Monk has been in the NBA forever, still only 23 years old. It does take some guys a while to put it together. It's a guy who's shown flashes for a while. So I'm fully ready to have my heart broken by Malik Monk now because uh, I'm convinced that he's going to keep it up in the near future and – Therefore, here comes the Malik Monk letdown. Uh, I hope I'm wrong there. Nick Claxton is another guy who's been on and off of waiver wires, still somehow rostered in less than 40% of leagues, Jonas, as of this taping. That should be changing based on what he's been doing recently. Yeah, but we do have to remember that Durant and Marcus Aldridge are coming back uh, in the next game. I think they play tonight. Yes, they do against Philly. Um, and if you remember back to the last match versus Philly, Joel Embiid ate Claxton alive too. So I'm oh, really yes. curious to see if we can see some improvement there because Claxton, as much potential as he has, he gets bullied by the bigger centers in the league. We saw it happen with him against Giannis and then Embiid. Uh, so tonight I'm really interested to see if he can play well and stay above 24 minutes. That's the key with him because if Claxton's getting 24 minutes and James Harden's on the floor, he's going to get, what, four or five lobs a game minimum. Uh, and the blocks have been really strong lately, too, like we saw last year. He's at eight blocks in his last two games. So Claxton looks healthy. Remember, he had that mysterious illness that we never got any details of, that he was out for a month. They said it wasn't COVID. So we, we're still completely in the dark there. But he looks healthier now. He looks like the player that we pegged as a breakout candidate based off last season's success, too. So very interesting. Uh, they don't want Aldridge playing a ton of minutes anyway because he's 49 years old. So what, like I said, I, I want to see 25-plus minutes for Claxton tonight. If that happens, I'm picking him up. Yeah, I, I've been sitting on LaMarcus Aldridge this whole time he's been out. And I've just kind of buried my head in the sand and pretended like uh, I didn't have to deal with that. But I, I really 
it's not my style to sit on LaMarcus Aldridge for 10 days while I wait for him to come back. I love Nick Claxton. If he's sitting out there and I can pick him up, I'm picking up Nick Claxton with or without LaMarcus Aldridge. I just like the upside and the youth and he's fun and he's going to get minutes regardless. But like you said, if he's only getting 20 as opposed to 25, that, that hurts. Well, just as we said with the Cavs, check back that next Nets box score on Thursday night to see what Claxton did, because if it's a complete dud, that changes the math on him. Another guy who played on Thursday night and who I certainly am excited about, and I think you guys are both starting to get excited about as a waiver wire pickup, building quite a bit of momentum, is Denny Avdia, Jonas. Yeah, I love Avdia. Like I said, they've been talking him up as a first-team all-defensive guy, guards the best player every night. Didn't exactly light it up in Beal's absence, which is a shame, but I think Beal coming back actually helps him because if you look at his box scores uh, in mid-December, he was at 15 points, 14 points, 11 points. He was getting five rebounds consistently. Uh, His steals were through the roof. His blocks have been really good lately too, and he's starting to hit threes too. So he's starting to put it together as, dare I say, a Boris Diaw stat set, a little bit of everything too. So he's very fun. He's just scratching the surface. Only 24% roster, too. I've been picking him up everywhere. I really like this kid, and I think he's going to play a featured role down the stretch for sure. Jonas, you might have missed this, but my son and I sat next to Boris Diaw at the Hawks game we went to this year. So that, and my kid, my kid recognized him more than I did. Uh, and then, of course, Matt Straub was able to identify him from, from a picture of the back of his head. So that was, that was impressive. Um, I, you know, I'm a little worried about Denny because we keep, talking about how he's it's coming it's coming it's coming and it it's close but he's still not there yet so i'm worried that he's going to be one of those guys that at the end of the year we're like well you know it just never happened maybe next year but like you said the peripheral stats on him the steals and the blocks and threes and the defense like it's there but like the fact he didn't blow up without beal makes me sad and a little nervous remember though he's playing with dignity but it's not easy to play with (laughs) On the other hand, I mean, the blueprint for Avdia's fantasy success is not like 18 points per game. It's relatively low points and then just a well-rounded stat line. In the last six games, 11.7 points, 5.8 rebounds, 2.7 dimes, 1.3 steals, 1.0 blocks, 1.5 threes. Bradley Beal missed three of those, but Avdia was productive in three of those before Beal hit the sidelines. So again, check back the Thursday box score, but I'm cautiously confident in Avdia moving forward as a guy who we need to be rostering. Yeah, those are ninth round numbers you guys said too, and nine cap too. So it's not nothing. So yeah, Steve, you don't like him, but Jonas and I do. So I, I clearly didn't say I don't like him. I'm just a little nervous that he's not going to pan out. No, it's fine. You can just just admit it. This is a safe place to say it. You don't like Denny Avdia as a fantasy player, and you never will. I don't like saying Avdia. How about that? <laughs> okay. Do you like saying Diallo? Because we are now going to talk about Hamadou Diallo, who, wow, when we were talking the other day on Monday. We were saying, man, the Pistons only played two games this week, which is a major bummer because this guy's playing well. Circle that Wednesday game on your calendar to stream Hamadou Diallo. Hopefully, some of you did that because, Jonas, this guy is doing some things. Yeah, I'm going to steal Steve's thunder here and look at the schedule. Four games next week, too. So uh, there's a chance Kate is still in the protocols, uh, as far as we know. We don't know. Like Players range from like five days to 20 days. It, it varies uh, based on conditioning and how well they respond. But yeah, Diallo last night lit it up. Uh, like I said, the Pistons have two NBA players on the roster night right now. It's Diallo and it's Sadiq Bay. Everyone else is in the G League uh, on 10-day contracts. 31 points, 13 rebounds, 4 assists, 4 steals, 1 triple. 
Uh, and if you remember back to last year, when he got big minutes with the Thunder, he put up similar lines too. So it's just all about getting the minutes and the usage with him. Uh, a really fun player. And Doc likes him even more than me. And I'm sure he's picked him up everywhere too. So a lot of fun. Yeah. And actually the, the two game week was maybe a blessing in disguise because that means Sadiq Bay, who also went off with like a career high, huge night uh, on Wednesday and Diallo, I mean, there's a good chance they were dropped in your league with the two games this week. So they might be sitting out there for you to go pick up. And uh, both of them looked fantastic in that last game. And I, I'm psyched about both of them. By the way, 14 steals in the last four games for Diallo. And they play on Saturday. So the, the second game of that two-game week, if you're hearing this on Friday, you may still be able to get Diallo into your lineup for that one. Yeah, and the steals are no fluke either. If you remember, he had the highest vertical in combine history before Keon Johnson, who's a rookie for the Clippers this year. He had a 44-inch vertical at the combine. Like His defensive upside is just through the roof too. So hopefully he stays in rotation because he could be the silly season hero down the stretch in Detroit. When you look at that roster, last year they played Josh Jackson 40 minutes, for God's sakes. Like If Diallo gets those, there you go. Jonas, uh, we are already in the middle of the silly season. Like it's going to be silly season from here until April. So uh, there are already silly season heroes. He meant silly season part. Duh. (laughs) I'm still a firm believer that we're going to get back to normal season and then return to silly season. I hope so. By the way, Jonas, so you're saying that Hamadou Diallo can jump over like 70 credit cards. That's correct. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, We talked this guy up on the Wednesday podcast, so we don't need to spend a lot of time on it, but Herb Jones of the Pelicans continues to do some very, very intriguing things. Yeah, I got to say, Herb Jones is everything people want Matisse Tybel to be, right? Yeah. The insane steal on block rates, but he actually has an offensive game too. So he's been their utility player. If you look back at his Alabama days, he did almost nothing on offense apart from distribute. He was a good playmaker, but now he's suddenly shooting. Now he's taking guys off the dribble from the perimeter. Herb Jones is suddenly a very interesting player. And his line, my God, what was it? Let's see. 26, 7, and 3. Uh, he was at 26 points, yeah, 7, and 3 with three blocks in 36 minutes. And as long as Zion is out, there is no chance he loses any workload. Uh, Josh Hart's a little banged up too, so that helps a little bit. But only 24% rostered. Like, how is this possible? He's been sitting in the mid-rounds for I don't know. three or four weeks. Well, and Roth and I were talking about the Pelicans yesterday, and you know, there's a lot of shutdown candidates coming from some of these really bad teams. And but Herb Jones, he is going to play all the way until the final second of the season. Everybody in, I think the Pelicans fans are like, this kid's better than Zion. Like, why are we? I, I think there's some of that sentiment there. I just think Herb Jones is going to, to he's going to go off the rest of the season and he is a must have player if there is one. All right, we have more pickups to hit. First, we're going to take a very quick break. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. 
Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Give the gift of NBC Sports Edge Plus this holiday season. Get 15% off annual subscriptions when you use the code HOLIDAY15 at checkout. This offer turns to coal on the day that you are hearing this, December 31st. So visit NBCSportsEdge.com slash Edge Plus today. And remember, all our premium tools for fantasy, DFS, and betting are included in one low Edge Plus subscription. Also, download the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet and enter this week's free NBA Pick and Roll Contest for a chance to win $50,000. We have rolled out a special New Year's Day edition featuring the Wizards and Bulls matchup, and we are guaranteeing a $50,000 payout. So if you don't have the Predictor app yet, download it now. And by the way, guys, I'm told that someone won $25K on the old Predictor Pick and Roll Contest on Wednesday night. Also, we are headed down the backstretch of the NFL season and the NBC Sports Predictor app, powered by PointsBet, has you covered with Sunday Night 7. We're giving you a shot to win $1 million every Sunday night throughout the rest of the regular season. It is free and easy to play. So predict what will happen between the Vikings and Packers for a chance to win. Download today from your app store or visit NBCSports.com slash predictor. All right, guys, we actually have a somewhat shocking number of uh, useful names to still hit. So we're going to try to fly into quick hit mode here down the stretch, starting with one Luke Kennard, Jonas. Yeah, I like Luke Kennard. He had that cold spell, I think, three games ago, had a couple rough games. But before that, mid-December, he was consistently hitting like four or five threes a game. Uh, You take Paul George out of the mix, that's 35% usage rate right there. Some of that's going to Luke Kennard, who – has been a secondary playmaker since his Detroit days. He's ranked, I think, like in the 80th percentile for pick-and-roll possessions too. So they are more than comfortable playing Kennard in the pick-and-roll. They do have Reggie Jackson coming back Friday, I believe, uh, as you're listening to this podcast. But Luke Kennard's still going to play a ton of minutes. Uh, I think they'll have eight or nine available players, or at least NBA players, I should say, for their next game. So uh, I'd like to see their schedule coming up. But, yeah, I think Kennard's a priority. And I think he's only like 35% rostered last I looked. Uh, 39% actually. So it's actually moved up from yesterday. Um, and if you remember back to the preseason, Ty Lu loves Kennard. He has his own, it's called Hunt uh, Luke package, where they actively just throw Luke Kennard over those Ray Allen screens consistently. They're, they're aiming for Luke Kennard uh, on every possession, it looks like, too. So I like him a lot. Uh, doesn't have any steal or good or, or block rates, but other than that, threes, points, assist, he'll get it done. I'm going to keep this to an actual quick hit, Matt. <laughs> I like Luke Kennard. The schedule's sweet. They go four three four four over the next four weeks. Let's go. All right. I'm just going to throw a couple names out there that I feel like we've already covered quite extensively and are somehow still only rostered in the low 20s in fantasy leagues. That would be Kobe White, who has 17 points, 12 dimes against the hapless Hawks on Wednesday. Gary Payton, the second we've talked about ad nauseum, continues to play well. And then another guy who was on your list, Jonas, feel free to comment on those guys, but if you don't feel the need to, uh, there's also a little Nasir Little, and I'm curious of your thoughts on him because it's been a little up and down for Little game to game. Yeah, real quick on Little, had a really rough game, but before that, we're talking one of the lines of the season for him too, so Little is still teasing that upside, and I'm banking on the Portland uh, Trailblazers blowing it up 
at the trade deadline, right? I'm banking on Little playing a future role down the stretch. So that's why I'm going to be patient with him. And in the meantime, I'll get the hustle stats for him. But Kobe White, I think he disappears when Lonzo gets back. So I'm more focused on Gary Payton, who mm-hmm. I think is going to be playing a big role the rest of the way. Klay uh, Thompson is probably going to have a 18-second restriction for two months when he comes back. So, and Gary Payton over his last five, in only 26 minutes, he's top 80 with 14.4 points, 6.4 rebounds, 1.2 assists, 1.4 steals. And the steals are going to be much higher than what we're seeing now. For his career, he's like three per 36, too. So, Gary Payton was always a defensive specialist, but now he's suddenly hitting threes. Like, he's going to have a big role on this team the rest of the way. Uh, the clock is ticking on Kobe White. Uh, roll with him while Lonzo's out. Nasir Little, Raf and I yesterday had a had a debate about whether we're holding Nasir Little or whether we're dropping Nasir Little. I'm in the hold camp with Jonas. That line he put up, I think it was Monday night, was just spectacular. I, I used him in DFS that night. He won me money. Um, Wednesday night was a disaster, but they were playing Utah, and Utah's defense is really good. He had no chance in that game. And like Jonas said, the Pacers and the Blazers are both like on the verge of just blowing the whole thing up. And if the Blazers blow it up, Nasir Little is going to get 35 minutes a night and be a monster. Portland goes 4-2-4-4-4 over the next five weeks. So they play four games in four of the next five weeks. It's Nasir Little time, baby. You said the clock is ticking on Kobe White. I think it's also ticking on Peyton Pritchard, who made your waiver column, Jonas, who had a huge game earlier this week and then got the minutes but did almost nothing on Wednesday. So with the Celtics roster uh, gradually getting guys back, where are we with Pritchard? Is he already done by the time people are hearing this, or do we think Pritchard uh, still has a little fantasy life left heading into the weekend? I think he has one to two games left. Uh, and if we ignore that absolute dud, he still had 10 shots that game too. So, and he played 34 minutes. So at least the minutes and shot volume were there, but the two games before he was at 20 points, 6.5 rebounds, 5.5 assists, uh, one steals and 4.5 triples. And if you remember back to the summer league, uh, if you ask anyone who watched, he was quite arguably one of the best players in the entire summer league. So he can play when he gets an opportunity. Um, Dennis Schroeder's uh, big run at the beginning of the year kind of like buried him on the bench, but Pritchard is kind of fun. As long as Tatum's out, I'm okay with rolling with them. And remember, Marcus Smart is a little banged up too. He's day-to-day. But yeah, Pritchard, we'd probably squeeze two or three more games of value out of him. Celtics play early on Friday, 1 p.m. Eastern. So if you're hearing this after then, maybe not on Pritchard. Steve, anything there? Uh, yeah, I, I, I like Pritchard. I'm always sort of in Pritchard's camp. But <laughs> what, what, Matt? I don't know. That was just just something about always in Pritchard's camp. It's just that you're like the probably the only person in the world who, who would ever make such a statement. It just struck me as funny. Wow. Okay. <laughs> All right. Remember when Renee Miller said Steve makes some interesting picks during our live draft yeah. show, and then Steve's running away with that league and destroyed her. I'm coming back for you now, Matt. Let's go. I'm beating you. I'm beating you this week in that league. That's the other league. That's the company league. I'm talking about the draft show league. I'm your co-manager in the draft show. Why would you stab? Why would you stab me in the back? I'm not even in that league. I'm I'm your co-manager. Damn it. He's going to tank your lineups now. Just pull the plug. I don't even know. I don't even know who is in my leagues and who are my co-managers are. I don't 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 even know who you're doing this podcast with right now. (laughs) It's Matt and Jonas. It's the trash bag halos. Matt and Chris Bosch. Matt Chris Bosch. I think we are officially venturing Kevin Pancakes venturing into deep league territory now the rest of the way. And 
Jonas, did RJ Hampton make the waiver wired column? He'll make the streaming section because they only have seven NBA players on the roster right now. And if, if you're looking for a guy that can just put up some, uh, I would call it Michael Carter William lines, like the 15, <laughs> five and five uh, on low efficiency, RJ Hampton's your guy. And uh, we keep using the word silly season heroes. I can guarantee you that RJ Hampton will be a silly season hero at some point. Yeah. Yeah, Ralph yeah. and I talked about uh, teams that might shut down yesterday, and we talked about the Orlando Magic. Not only do they only have seven NBA players, they only have seven wins, I think. They're going to be shutting guys down. R.J. Hampton is free and clear for all the minutes he can handle all the rest of the way of the season. So there's probably not a better stash, in my opinion, than Hampton. I agree. Campaign also made your column, Jonas, a guy who's been you know putting up some low end lines for a while now. What's his outlook the rest of the way in your mind with Booker back? He's more of a one week streamer for as long as Jay Crowder is out because they are using two point guard lineups. Because uh, Aiton is out as well, uh, I think one more son is out. I can't remember who, but yeah, Payne is playing a lot of two point guard lineups with Chris Paul, and I love that lineup too. That net rating is through the roof. I, I actually have him on a roster. He's very up and down. He's very he's, there's, the numbers are never really flashy, but he always seems to get things done. So if you want to roll with campaign, uh, feel free. They go three, three, three the next three weeks. So that's not, that is not a campaign ideal schedule. Yeah. So maybe we should talk about Davian Mitchell super fast. Had a really strong game. Played low minutes last night, unfortunately, because he just got back in the protocols. They're working on his, mm-hmm. on his conditioning. Buddy Hill disappeared after a really strong December last night. So that's something to watch. Uh, if they move on from Hield, and there's even been some whispers that they could entertain some Fox offers because of how, how good Halliburton looked as the starting point guard. Not the craziest thing in the world for the Kings if they're looking for a complete shakeup. So uh, one way or another, I think Davey Mitchell plays a ton of minutes. Uh, the only bad news about him is, is he has that Lou Dort effect where he's just an incredible defender, but it doesn't exactly translate to steal and blocks, which is unfortunate. But Maybe we'll see a change there, but he is very interesting as a player. He seemed like he was really excited to be back and playing last night. He looked amazing. They have 4-4 the next two weeks, the Kings do. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all in on David Mitchell. 11% rostered, and this is a guy we were talking up a week or two ago, and then moments after we finished our podcast, he went into the protocols. So good to see him back, and, yes, available in almost 90% of Yahoo leagues. Jonas, what other names do you feel like we have to get into this conversation uh, before we go? I have two. I started stashing James Wiseman in a few leagues. He's coming back. Uh, the Warriors have pretty much already locked up a top seed. Like they'll be first or second, no matter what it feels like. Uh, maybe third at worst. But Wiseman, if he gets 24 minutes, we're talking about a guy who can get you 15 and five with a block or two and even a three. Like he's capable of doing that. You do have to worry about the free throw percentage, but Wiseman, uh, with the full offseason under his belt, learning under Steve Kerr, Draymond Green, I'm expecting big things from him. You will need about a month ramp up to, to really see the results, but I'm excited about session in my RI slot. And one more guy I, I highlighted here. Let me see who it was. Uh, Kayla Martin, not Cody Martin in Charlotte, but Kayla Martin in Miami might be interesting because they have, I think, six regular players playing right now. And Kyle Lowry, who's currently questionable, uh, didn't travel, it sounds like, too. So lots of opportunity. And don't forget Gabe Vincent in Miami as well. I think Gabe Vincent just went into the protocols, actually. Hold on. It's so hard to keep track of how many players get in the pro calls. Well, and also Malcolm Brogdon just went back in with Chris Duarte of Indiana mm-hmm. like in, within the last two minutes, which, of course, was yesterday. Duarte did or just Brogdon? Both. Brogdon and Duarte. Yeah, and, and Gabe Vincent did. So in Miami, yeah, Caleb Martin becomes interesting. I think he had played 29 minutes in back-to-back games uh, for the Heat, and they will play 
on Friday. And what are we doing in Indiana then with Brogdon and Duarte? Just means more uh, more Karis LeVert, probably. They're going to sign from G League players because remember, Lamb's in the protocols too, if I remember correctly. So they don't have much. I guess Justin Holiday is going to get 49 shots. That'll be fun. <laughs> Yeah, 42 <laughs> minutes, 12 points for Justin Holiday. Yeah. Yikes, man. Okay. I, uh, I, I have a couple guys. Yeah, let's hit it. Kelly Olenek, we have not gotten an update on him since he got hurt back on like November 10th or something. But he was supposed to be out six weeks with a knee injury. He's got to be getting close to getting back on the basketball court, at least in practice form. If you have room to stash somebody, which no one probably does in this medical protocols yeah. hell that we live in, if you do have room to stash Olenek, I think it's a good idea. And then I think it would be a disservice to our listeners if we don't t- at least touch on this debacle in New York with Kemba Walker uh, playing 20 minutes and scoring two points. He hasn't scored more than 10 points in three straight games. And then Alec Burks comes out of nowhere on Wednesday night and just explodes. Tom Thibodeau benches all of his starters, cleans out the bench. They come back and beat the two-man Pistons. Like, Alec Burks is only rostered in 48% of leagues, which means he's available in more than a handful of Yahoo leagues out there. First of all, I, I feel like if I've got Kemba Walker on my team, I need to be a little patient with him, but his knee scares the crap out of me. Tom Thibodeau scares me. And then Burks was so good when Kemba was out of the rotation. Is Are we headed back to Kemba being out of the rotation and Burks being the man? And I'm picking up quickly as well. I like, like quickly too. Yeah. It might be time to start quickly and Burks together with how bad R.J. Barrett's been, honestly. Yeah, but good times in New York. I mean, I guess if you have Kemba and you can add Burks as insurance, that would be a good idea. Or just speculative pickup of Burks, I'm on board with that too. Because, yeah, that guy, when he gets the minutes, puts up numbers. Uh, but what a mess in New York, for sure. I will I will throw two other names out there. Facundo Campazzo is still, we got him up to 15%, but his last five games, 7.6 points, 5.8 dimes, two steals, 0.8 blocks, 1.43s. Again, a very good fantasy point guard if you can put aside your points bias and say, I'm willing to accept eight points per game from this guy. Go ahead, Steve. Keep in mind that Monty Morris has been out during that stretch. Thank you. Thank you very much. Composo has been doing it for a while though yeah and Nuggets have seven guys right now remember Austin Rivers no sorry Bones Highland went in the protocols Jeff Green's in there now Zeke and Najee so I think their game might get canceled tonight but after that then Composo will have a nice little run do either of you have Composo in a fantasy lineup I do I have him in at least one league just one league for me okay I need the assistance deals I mean it's that's what he does that's what he does the last month he's a top 125 player Steve I, I just I can't believe how far we've gone with this, where now you're just aggressively anti Campazo. This is so strange. I don't know what world I'm living in. Uh, lastly, I want to mention with DeAndre Ayton in protocols as of Thursday, Jalen Smith has had a couple of strong games in a row. Anyone uh, anyone noticed Jalen Smith for the Suns? I have not. I've been more focused on Javale McGee to be honest. Honestly, I have not noticed him either. <laughs> Jalen Smith, 13 points, 11 and a half rebounds, one steal, one block, one three in his last two games prior to Friday with Aiden out. And I don't know that we know the word on Aiden. That's worth checking back on. But Jalen Smith, a potential uh, streamer at some point this weekend. And I think they're in the early game on Friday. So you'd have to get that in quickly because they play at 1 p.m. Eastern on Friday. Remember that Phoenix Jalen Smith schedule is 3-3-3-4-3. That's a lot of threes. 
Well, frankly, I think you'd be thrilled if you got one decent game out of him in, on Friday and maybe on Sunday if Aiden stays out that long. Yeah, there you go. I like that. Okay. Friday and Sunday. There you go. DFS them up. There you go. And by the way, there are, in theory, as of Thursday, a bunch of Timberwolves we could talk about. You know, guys like Nathan Knight, Jalen Noel, you know, even Greg Monroe have been putting up fantasy relevant numbers for this team lately. But I think by the time people hear this, there's also a chance that Minnesota's going to have their guys back. Yeah. Vanderbilt just got cleared for Friday. Okay. So we're going to be good there. And hopefully uh, Edwards and Towns to follow, we think, soon, right? I would think, yeah. I get the sense Jonas needs to go write a bunch of blurbs. I do. About 48 more players in the protocols, it seems like. <laughs> okay. But it's ending. It's, uh, it's ending. Well, and, and check, you got to check out the Roto World Player News page. You know, cross-reference all these guys as you're adding them. Check back those Thursday box scores, as we said. And check out Jonas's waiver-wired column on NBC Sports Edge. And just a reminder to uh, subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a second to rate and review us as well. We are back on Monday to recap the weekend, look at some fresh wave wire pickups, and uh, take stock of our lives. So I want to say thanks to all of you for listening. Steve, Jonas, thank you both. Thank you. Happy 2022. Happy New Year. Go dogs. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.